is there nothing better than the NFL playoffs? As we have two yesterday, the Buffalo Bills stomp out the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin, very salty at the end of his press conference, he uh, uh, walked away very quickly from the podium after he was asked about having one year left on his contract. He was not a happy camper. So you had the Bills out there getting it done in their uh, hell of a stadium, 31-17. And then this one made my heart smile just a little. Uh, everyone says uh, a man who worked here, his name was Ben Kenny. Ben Kenny is from Philadelphia. We love Ben. Uh, in her own way. Maybe me more than Rowdy. We love Ben, though, in their own way. I'll never forget. It's one of my favorite memories of all time is when um, a great listener of the show, his Twitter handle is Beers and Tacos. He came up to uh, our broadcast booth, and Ben, young Ben Kenny was standing right there, and he looks Ben right in the eyes, and he goes, or was it Caleb Rowdy, or was it Beers It was Caleb. Yeah, Caleb, his friend. Caleb, sorry, Caleb. Uh, content Caleb. And Caleb looks Ben Kenny right in the eyes, and he goes, you're Ben Kenny. He said the full word, F you, Ben Kenny, and put both the middle fingers into his face. And that's exactly how I felt last night when the Philadelphia Eagles absolutely got dismantled by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a route 32 to 9. The Eagles, dead man walking, bunch of turds. Rowdy got a winner on at the Razor's Edge. Well done, Rowdy. F you, Ben Kenny. But good morning, Rowdy. What's going on? Yeah, just watching his Twitter feed. Um,. <laughs> Basically, the Eagles franchise was ending last night, and the team was essentially being aborted. And then all of a sudden, when the Eagles got it to, I believe it was 16-9, to it was, oh, this team will find a way to win like it always has. It, it won't be pretty, but they'll find a way to win. They'll advance to a team in which should be heavily favored, and then they'll actually play and, and give them the business. He was like almost talking himself when it was 16-9 to Tampa Bay from this is the worst game ever when Tampa Bay came out and controlled the game from the start to, oh, of course, this is an Eagles team that's going to come back win this game it's going to be ugly but then they'll find a way to beat uh, Detroit yeah. and the next thing you know they'll be in the NFC championship game nope um nope i'm not a doctor no no but uh i have drank a dr pepper recently did you stay at a hotel i did not stay at a holiday inn a holiday inn express or yeah. anything like that but i i will say I am going to diagnose Ben Kenny right now with bipolar <laughs> he is bipolar <laughs> but are you against gun violence Rowdy? If I was a doctor, I'd consider it. In but Pennsylvania? I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a true doctor. <laughs> well, are you like a Jill Biden kind of doctor or like a like a Ben Kenny's family doctor? I don't pretend to be a doctor. <laughs> or like, or are you like a Thor Sanity kind of but doctor? But I'll, I'll make sure you get your medicine. <laughs> and Ben Kenny's taking his lumps big time. He's getting his medicine. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they were the darling all season. Well, not all season. For like half the season, right? The Philadelphia Eagles, they, they could do no wrong. It was the brotherly shove. They were finding ways to win despite it being ugly. And then it all started to unravel how quickly things can change in the NFL from being the darling to now scoring nine points against, who saw this? Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who saw that coming? By the way, a 9-8 and eight team uh, ho hosting the 11-6 and six Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, unbelievable, Rowdy. The NFL is just amazing. Baker Mayfield, three touchdown performance pushes the, the Bucs to the divisional round. Who saw Baker Mayfield yeah, well, coming? And now what are they going to do with Nick Sirianni? I mean, there's a lot of rumors and some scuttlebutt about is Sirianni going to be fired after this disappointing season, which is pretty crazy to me because his first year, which would have been, I guess, three years ago at this point, he brought the the Philadelphia Eagles to the playoffs earlier than that was expected. Yep. And then last year, obviously took them to the Super Bowl. Now they didn't win. Some people <clears throat> Ben Kenny, would have blamed the field. Might a lot. Like, he, the, actual, he like the actual turf. He wanted to personally fire the sod father. But yeah, your first year you make it to the playoffs, which wasn't expected. The second year you take them to the to the Super Bowl, don't win, but get to the Super Bowl. And then year three, you make it to the playoffs again, mm -hmm. and you're about to potentially be canned. 
Yeah, it's, the NFL's amazing. And then on the flip side, the earlier game when the, um, you know the Bills took down the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, we had a report in Gone in 60 what, last week, I think, that at the end of the season he could be potentially stepping down. And he was asked, you know, Mike, you have one year left on your deal. And right when he was asked that by the reporter, he stormed out of the press conference and he was gone. So you have another coach, Rowdy, in Mike Tomlin that's a future is, you know, I guess kind of clouded here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he is a hell of a coach. I mean, Sirian, do you, Tomlin would get hired right away. Would Sirianni get hired somewhere right away? I don't see how he doesn't. Yeah, like you, you went to the Super Bowl. I don't see how you could be like a Carolina-type team, which is so bad, but you're trying to build and you just drafted a quarterback. Why you wouldn't go get a guy that had been to the postseason all three years yeah. and had made it to a Super I, I I don't know how he would not be employed. And then, you know, just uh, how crazy the NFL is. Um, I Looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the year started, you're like, Thought you know you scoffed at him, or not you, Rowdy, but the collective scoffed at him. Like, eh, whatever. Baker Mayfield, three hundred and thirty-seven yards and three touchdowns last night uh, in that win. And if you go back, I mean, he really started coming on. It was against the Joe Barry and the Barry Boys in the Packers defense when he put a perfect passer rating up uh, against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. And now you look at Baker Mayfield; they're moving on to the divisional. Uh, who saw that coming with Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers? Man, looking at how that. Um playoffs have been shaping out if you were the green bay packers oh could you imagine if they got the six seed and then they went into detroit and played the way that they did against dallas yeah you would eliminated the lions right away you would have got the winner of the tampa bay buccaneers where you would have had all the motivation in the world to win because of the the baker mayfield game and the letdown of joe barry and his defense or a completely wounded Philadelphia Eagles team, whichever team would have won. Obviously, you get the the Buccaneers, but you don't think with how the Packers have been playing basically since that game, yeah. with that revenge on their mind, man, if they would have uh, finished the sixth seed, I think we were talking about them making it to the NFC Championship game. Yep. And then on the other side, it would have been, in theory, if the seeds held, it would have been San Fran and Dallas. San Fran, I would say, most likely wins. Shanahan kind of had Big Mike's number, and uh, they kind of have been his kryptonite here the last couple of years and probably the reason why he ends up uh, maybe getting the axe as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you, you probably would have postponed this San Francisco 49er matchup to the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. almost like we've seen that before. Yeah, uh, Rob Reichel, he came on, what, yesterday, Rowdy, and he said that this is the trip to the Super Bowl coming up here for the Packers and the Niners. Like, this is this is the big one. Dude, if they beat San Francisco, it, oh, it's, oh, they get the winner on. of Tampa Bay and Detroit. It's beautiful. beautiful. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would say that they're definitely the underdogs against Detroit when they play that game. But we've already seen them manhandle them the second time. Yeah, go into Detroit on Thanksgiving and beat them. It's it's a game in which you don't feel it's impossible to win. I I would say a lot of Packer fans were pretty high yesterday. Obviously, coming off of the big win Sunday after (laughs) afternoon against the Cowboys. But in realistic, you know, in a realistic, uh, normal reality here, San Francisco is really good. San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. Yeah. They're the second best team They're in really the good. NFL. Like you're a 10 point underdog. They're really, really, really but yeah, if you can get by, I think the other two teams are clearly very beatable. Yeah. Um, but I think we crazy. knew that the NFC just in general was pretty wide open. Cause we always talked about it was the 49ers. Remember what we said? It was the, this was like dating back to earlier in the year. 49ers were the best team. Clearly the Eagles felt like they were the second best team. Well, they fell apart the second half of the season. And then people were debating if it was the Cowboys who were the third best team or if it was the lions. Well, it turns out the Eagles were the frauds. <laughs> Fra- frauds. As Ben Kenny would say, right? Rowdy frauds. And now our top four teams from the first half of the season, Half of them have already been eliminated mm. in the playoffs. I want to say good morning to guy Pike up uh, there in Lena. He just moments ago messaged me. He said, Ken Benny is a punk. Sirianni is a fool and the Eagles suck. Go Packers. Pike, that's like poetry. It's beautiful. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Ken Benny. Should we try and call him today, Rowdy? A little later in the show. But <laughs> see, see how he's feeling? He did say on his Twitter account that everyone needs to be Packer fans now. Why? 
Here, I'll do the exact tweet. Next week, we are all Packer fans. We, as an American sporting society, cannot let Brock Purdy get to, let alone win, a Super Bowl. Signed, one young Ben Kenny. Oh, I thought it was just going to be for the gratification that would be a few extra likes on the tweet because it was Packers and Wisconsin related. He he did get more likes on that tweet than he did his uh, other Philadelphia ones. So anytime he throws Wisconsin or Packers and he does get a little more action. I think Wisconsin loves Ken Benny a little more than uh, the Philadelphia. I think the prodigal son, they didn't want him to return. All right, 608-321-1670. Rich Eisen sent this tweet out last night. For only the fifth time in Super Bowl era, a division has sent multiple teams to the playoffs. This is the NFC East. Only to have both teams never hold a single lead in losing one and done. This year's Cowboys and Eagles are the first to do it since 2021 when the Cowboys and Eagles also <laughs> did it. Awesome. Uh, and what, what is it, Rowdy? Like, when it comes to Philadelphia, I can't stand them. Like, I don't, what is it? Yeah. And Philadelphia, they had like, a lot of free agents, and I, I actually liked their draft quite a bit. And you know what? Uh, ben Kenny actually liked it a lot too. And so did a lot of other NFL experts. It just didn't necessarily come to fruition the way that it looked on paper. But uh, the Eagles upcoming here have a ton, a ton of free agents this offseason. This team could look completely different. Yeah. I mean, from the coach, do you think they fire Sirianni? From potentially the coaching staff to from some of the bigger names on the roster. Yeah. I mean, AJ Brown's forcing his way out too. Oh, people are, people are tweeting. At Jason ben Kelsey. Kenny. There's yeah, he's crying. He was crying his yeah, eyes. Out there's last night. Uh, some rumors out there that maybe he's retiring. Some of their free agents upcoming Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham, Deandre Swift, Quez Watkins, uh, Nicholas Morrow, Zach Cunningham, Shaqu- uh, Shaquille Leonard, Bradley Roby. I mean, Boston Scott, Julio Jones, just go right on down the list. Jack Driscoll. It's a ton of guys. I want to I want to give everyone a, a shout out for listening because I was looking at Ben Kenny's tweet again when he talked about, you know, not letting Brad Purdy, you know, get a Super Bowl, but we're all Packer fans, which I agree with Ben, like uh, obviously because that means the Packers have moved on. But people are now responding to Ben giving him some bull crap. Uh thank you for that. Let Ben let Ben know your frustrations or your disdain for Philadelphia sports or, you know, maybe just call him some names. Like Go to Ben Z. Kenny, K-E-N-N-E-Y, and just let him know. I see people tweeting at him right now. I, I, I love pe- people. You're welcome, Ben. I'm getting you more play in your tweet now. So let Ben know. I'll I'll give him a call later today. I'll see if Ben's up. I know he works nights sometimes for the one of the stations there in Philadelphia, so he might be sleeping. But we'll give Ben. A, we'll let him sleep a while longer. I'll give him a call maybe you know later in the eight o'clock hour, maybe in the nine o'clock hour. We'll give Ben a call, do a wellness check uh, on him because. Uh, he's a little more uh, well-liked here in Wisconsin than he is in Philadelphia, I feel like. And Rowdy, but speaking of the Packers, uh, we got this finalized yesterday after the show. Very excited for this. We um, took our the show over the line to the Red Baron. We had that in Edgerton on Sunday for Packers and Cowboys. Now for Packers and 49ers, a nice little Saturday night affair. Rowdy and myself going to be going to beautiful Mount Horeb, Wisconsin, to the greatest, one of the greatest martini dive slash supper club bars out there. They're just starting to get their food uh, underway. We will be at the Driftless Social, downtown, Main Street, Mount Horeb, ready to go, doing the show 5 to 7 o'clock, and then it's game on for a watch party as we watch the Packers hopefully take down the 49ers. That came together real quick yesterday, Rowdy. We got it done. Chef Jeff is going to be man in the grill, Jeffrey Jeffrey. And uh, I do believe that for because they just finally got their food started to come out here at Driftless Social. They've just been serving drinks for a while, you know, waiting for all the things to clear with, uh, you know, the state and all the inspectors and getting the building and the kitchen right because they're, they're a new spot. They're, I think, from what uh, Timmy said, they're going to be throwing down some burgers for the first time ever. Well, Chef Jeff is a hell of a chef. He's doing what he's doing. But in that spot, they're throwing on some burgers. And so they're going to have some uh, amazing food there. But the drinks are absolutely incredible. You'll see the likes of Secondhand Smoke John. You'll see Matt there. You could even see Vagabond John, the president of the Joe Berry Fan Club. Rowdy, how amazing would it be? Well, this is a double-edged sword here. 
you're watching the Packers take on the Niners. God forbid Joe Barry's defense start, starts to get carved up. You know what those people can do? They can literally look Joe Barry, the president of the Joe Barry fan club, in the face and call him an a-hole. Right to his face, Rowdy. How amazing would that be for the Joe Barry detractors? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be good for the viewer. Like, you know, that means the Packers would be losing. But you can look him right in the eyes and say, Vagabond John, you're an idiot. <laughs> and make me a drink. No, make me a drink. And I'm not tipping you. But we recommend tipping. But yeah, we'll be there Saturday. Driftless Social. Very excited. When's the last time you heard about horror, Brody? That's a different side of Wisconsin for you. Um, Man, the last time I think I went to Mount Horeb. Oh, think about Johnson, he's ready. <laughs> he's on Twitch. Uh, probably before COVID. Yeah. Been a, my, I think my, the, my the reason was because I was getting Christmas presents at uh, Duluth Trading. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Duluth. You can have a nice little Saturday with it. Mount Horeb's great. Go to Duluth Trading Post. You know, you get a, visit all the trolls around. Hell, it's, you, it's amazing. And then you go to Driftless Social. Starting at 5 o'clock. That's when the show starts. And then you stay with us, watch with us, drink some martinis. They get all kinds of beer. They get all kinds of other liquor drinks. Um, tell Chef Jeffrey's super handsome. Tell Vegamon John he's, a, he's an a-hole. All right, I got True Advisor on Twitch here. says, I actually like the Packers to keep it closer than 10. Uh, that's where already's going with there in the Razor's Edge, right, Rounds? Uh, looking at it, the Niners have been... Um, uh, do you guys fall into the, if you're not playing, you get a little lax? So too much time off can make you a little soft around the edges I think, here. I think it depends. Yeah. I think in certain situations, you want to keep playing because you want to keep that momentum going. But then if your team is, like, incredibly beat up, where your team just needs a breath, needs a week off to to recoup and heal, then I totally would take the rest. Niners, I mean, Debo Samuel was a little banged up. Christian McCaffrey was a little banged up. But I don't know if they were banged up enough to say two weeks off was good. Yeah. 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 Um, so, wow. Uh, the matchup predictor. Now, this is, you know, take it for what it is. Like, no one gave the Packers any shot against the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone picked the Cowboys except, I think it was Samantha Ponder. God, was it Ponder? Yeah, she yeah she, she's the only one that picked the Packers. She did some pondering. It was like, you know what? I'll take the Packers. Like Everyone this. else went with the Cowboys. Uh, looking here at ESPN's matchup predictor, 78.6% according to the ESPN analytics mm. going to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, to win this game. And listen, here's the thing. They're a really good team. The, 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 the reason why they had that buy and, you know, they're the top seed is because they are what they are. And that is really good. Well, and just looking at last week's super wild card matchup, super duper, the Packers, they were seven and a half point favorites or sorry, seven and a half point underdogs when that game opened against Dallas. Now it got bet down to seven, but you look at the rest of the games, they were the second biggest underdog for the slate of games. The only team that was a bigger underdog was the Steelers. Yeah. And um, the Steelers were pretty lucky to and, and fortunate to even make the playoffs with the, the quarterback play and the the falling apart of their defense with T.J. Watt not playing and Minka Fitzpatrick missing a, a huge chunk of the season, Cam Hayward missing a huge chunk of the season. So that team was kind of a shell of what the – the the real roster should have been at the beginning of the year. Uh, look at look at the lines for the four games this week. Packers are the biggest underdog yeah. at ten points. You have the uh, Houston Texans at nine and a half point underdogs, but that's actually moved up from where it opened. So yeah, clearly Packers biggest underdog again. Yeah, and Packers defensively have got some questions coming in now. Uh, Kingsley Ignambari, it looks like he tore his ACL. Yeah, that sucks. That's a bummer. Uh, Jair Alexander re-rolled his ankle again uh, against the Dallas Cowboys, so we'll, we'll see if uh, Jair can go. I'd assume he would be able to because he you know, he went against the Cowboys. And you then don't want to see McDuffie. Valentine or Valentine covering Debo? <laughs> Not necessarily. But they, they, hey, it's better than the Ladarius Gunter we were talking you know, about against uh, Julio Jones. If you're going to take Valentine and Valentine, you might as well throw both of them. We'll make a Valentine Valentine sandwich with Debo Samuel. Just what double them. What are, the, what are the odds of having both those guys the same thing? A Valentine and a Valentine. And then uh, A.J. Dillon looks like he's going to be ready to go. Yeah, he uh, on Twitter was uh, tweeting some things out Sunday and Monday looking like he was he was 
probably going to play. So uh, we'll see as he's got that broken thumb. He's questionable. And then I think I said Isaiah McDuffie left the game uh, yeah. Sunday against the Cowboys as well. But that huge blow, uh, Kingsley and Nick Vary out, is, that's tough. That stinks as uh, Sphere tore his ACL. And Jair, I, I assume Jair's going to play. I mean, he did it you know, against the Cowboys, and he showed up big. Hell, he almost had that pick six, that sick interception he had. Yeah. And uh, Set up a touchdown. Jair was right there doing it and doing it, you know, living up to his contract right there. Uh, we'll dive into more of the numbers here. Uh, go to the phones as we get ready for the divisional. Line one, good morning. Who do we got? That'll be the sound of the 49er season right there coming up here Sunday around, what, 10, 10, 15, 10, 30. Yeah, the Anigbari news does kind of stink because you think about uh, the Packers edge rushers. <laughs> like, we know that Rashawn Gary coming back after the knee injury – we know that Preston Smith is a longtime vet now in this league and has been pretty solid. But Inigari was kind of like that that third, fourth edge rusher that actually the last couple of years, being a fifth-round pick, has been pretty good for you. He's been pretty solid, especially for what you ask him to do, be your third or fourth edge rusher, a rotational edge rusher. Yeah. Uh, for the Packers, I mean, they'll have seven out of the last nine. Uh, Jordan Love, what, 21 touchdowns, one interception. Uh, in that stretch where he's just been absolutely crushing it. Uh, you look at the Niners, right? So the Packers last lost against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was December 17th, 34-20, to 20, and then they went on the tear. You look at the Niners' last five. Uh, beat the Seahawks uh, early December. Then they beat the Cardinals on the uh, 17th of December. Lost to the Baltimore Ravens, 33-19. to 19. Beat the Commanders, 27-10. to 10. And then their final game, they beat the L.A. Rams, squeaked by 21-20. to 20. And then they've been on a break. They've been getting healthier. Um, the, but here's the Niners, though. I'm looking at the injury report. Packers list a couple. The Niners list nobody on their injury report. That's pretty healthy. And watching the game last night when Josh, Al- Josh Allen went and ran uh, for a touchdown, I think it was the longest quarterback run it was either the longest or the second longest. The last time that happened when a quarterback had that big of a rushing touchdown, I think with Josh Allen, what, 51 yards? It was, and this brought back painful memories to me. They're like, last time this happened, it was guess. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick against the Green Bay Packers. And I was like, <gasps> that was two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Why bring up these memories now? Yeah, but Josh Allen was balling on him last night. But yeah, was Colin Kaepernick and the Niners did it to the Green Bay Packers in the well, playoffs. The thing about Colin Kaepernick doing it is he did it two years in a row to the Packers. Yeah. And then when he when it happened the first time, you were himself. having flashbacks to Michael Vick in the early 2000s, what he did at Lambeau to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. So then by the second year of Colin Kaepernick, you're all... Mm, Let's not talk about it anymore. Wow. <laughs> it's it's man. hard, man. It's painful memories. And, and, sentence. and in the playoff, the, the Niners have bested the Packers four times in a row now well, in the playoffs. Here's my thing. I don't like that. No. That's it's, no bueno. It, you have to search your your memory and your brain to find the last time that the, the Green Bay Packers consistently stopped the run because it's been like 15-plus years ago. Yeah. To the same point, have they ever – Stop the running quarterback. I don't. I don't know if they ever have. I, I just I, uh, obviously the search of the banks no. of your memory. That's what I'm saying. Like obviously they don't play against banks. Lamar Jackson. But I'm saying like Kaepernick tore him apart. Michael Vick when he was with the Falcons. Hell, those f- those games. Hell, even a guy that you they were calling Tommy DeVick. I mean, he ran wild. That's what I'm saying. And that star, that star's already burned out. We've seen Justin Fields in the past have good games against Green Bay running the football. Yeah, Tommy DeVito, that star burned real bright, real fast, and now that star burned out as they were calling him Tommy DeVick against the Green Bay Packers. Well, does Dak have wheels compared to a running quote quarterback? Do you consider Dak a running quarterback? No. No. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying no. to think of like. No. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, the Packers, they're going to have their hands. Well, okay, Brock Purdy. Thank God Brock Purdy can't run. He ain't a running quarterback. No. He ain't. But my God, the Niners got runners on their team, though. They got a lot of speed uh, for the 49ers. And I was looking here. All right, so what Brandon Ayuk, uh, season leaders here. Brandon Ayuk, 75 catches, 1,342 yards, and seven touchdowns. Here's the receiving yard season leader for the Packers. Jaden Reed, 64 uh, receptions, 
793 yards and eight touchdowns. Jade Reed was not even a factor uh, for the Packers Sunday against the Cowboys. He was good on special teams, but what? He had a couple targets, no catches. And then speaking of runners, speedsters, this guy is a phenom. Rushing yard season leaders, Christian McCaffrey. 272 carries for 1,459 yards and 14 touchdowns. I didn't even bring up his receiving. <laughs> That's McCaffrey's rushing yards. Aaron Jones, 142 carries, 656 yards and two tutties. Yeah, but he also was out for... A- Correct, and he's fresh now. Yeah. And look what he did against the Dallas Cowboys. And then you got season leaders for passing yards. Brock Purdy, 308 completions for 4,280 yards, 31 tutties, 11 interceptions. Jordan Love, 372 receptions, 4,159 yards, one more touchdown, 32, same amount of interceptions, 11. Who would you rather have, Jordan Love or Brock Purdy? Um, Obviously, the rosters. I'm good with Jordan Love right now. I'm good with Jordan Love right now. The guy's hot. He's feeling it. Rowdy, Brock Purdy or Jordan Love? I don't think you could go wrong with either right now, but the fact that I would say the numbers are, are pretty comparable and one has... Christian McCaffrey, who some people are arguing are the, is the most valuable player in the league. Debo Samuel, who I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that he's a top 10 wide receiver back. in the league. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, George Kittle, who I don't think anyone would disagree with him being the top five tight end in the league. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk, who I think most people would probably agree is a top 15 wide receiver in the league. Look at the Packers. I, I I think you could argue Aaron Jones at this point is the top 10 running back in the league. Top five might be a little high with the fact that he hardly played, it felt like, this year mm-hmm. or has hardly been given the ball. And Just purely his numbers, it's it would be hard to argue top five. He'll be a top 14 running back in the playoffs. But there's no, there's no, there's <laughs> there no top. There's not a top 10 wide receiver. There's not a top 15 wide receiver. There's not a top five tight end. Now, for the Packers, the, not only are the Packers the uh, winning with the youngest roster in the NFL, the team has five selections in the top 100 and a projected 11 total picks coming up here for the 2024 NFL draft. What about that Niners roster, Rowdy? They're littered with top picks. I mean, it's, I mean, the Niners roster is one of the deeper rosters in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. And weirdly enough, you know, it's funny. Probably the two best rosters in the NFL – they're the 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. They just happen to have the two best records, too. Crazy how that works. Yeah, out. weird. Well, the Packers, you know, they're not proven yet, right? They're the youngest roster by far in the NFL. The Niners, they're they've, they're established. Like, we know what they are. Like, yeah. they're good. The Packers, we don't quite know because they're so young. Like, this, this is a growing and a learning experience. But right now, they're exceeding expectations, and they are also growing into their own. So maybe a statement game coming the up. The Niners actually kind of got lucky. Could be. The, the Niners got lucky for this reason. Their little window, which kind of was the Packers window through, eh, we'll just say it was really, it, it was really 2021 was the last true year that you felt like they could probably win a Super Bowl. It almost felt like they had kicked the can one too many times down the road by 2022. And it, it didn't feel like a real Super Bowl caliber type team. The 49ers kind of were towards the end of their window of winning with salary cap space. But you know what might have been the biggest thing ever for them? Brock Purdy becoming Brock Purdy because of the quarterback injuries to Jimmy Garoppolo, where they all of a sudden were forced to play a you know a seventh round pick out of Iowa State named Brock Purdy and he turned in to be as good as he is. It's Mister Irrelevant. Well, th- they didn't have to pay a quarterback, yeah. so they got they got a rookie, and it's not even a rookie uh, contract like Jordan Love because Jordan Love makes a considerable amount of money com- on his rookie contract compared to a seventh round pick yeah. Brock Purdy because Jordan Love was a first rounder, so he is like at the. He's damn near league minimum. Remember we had it? Um, uh, Arch Manning was making more money than Brock Purdy was. Yeah, he's he's damn near league minimum for how long he has been in the league. And he's playing the quarterback position at a pretty high level with that team. The 49ers would be in, in a much worse spot roster-wise if they actually had to pay for that type of quarterback play instead of finding it in the seventh round with Brock Purdy. Yeah, with that roster, the Niners have uh, our guy True Advisor on Twitch's roster, San Fran. Coach, San Fran. If the Packers can win, we will all be smooching up to Joe Barry after the game <laughs> is over. 
they're going to need that. They're going to need that same type of defensive effort that they got against the Dallas Cowboys, no doubt about it. And that's what's kind of scary about the Packers, right? The defense has shown up. It felt like for half of the season, but the other half of the season they were nowhere to be found, and that's when you lose to the the Giants of the world. Yeah. Could you imagine Joel Barry and the Barry Boys stopping that dynamic roster and then San Francisco Forty ers and then at the end of the game we're all praising the ground Joel Barry walks on. What would you be feeling, Packer Oof. fans, if Joe Barry, the defense, just absolutely comes out there, plays a hell of a game, they beat the 49ers, they advance to the NFC uh, championship game, and they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield, and then Mayfield lights them up again. And you go from the, the highs of highs beating Dallas and San Fran, thinking you have an easy walk to the Super Bowl, against Mayfield to get some revenge. And then Baker Mayfield goes off again, only to be let down by Joe Barry one more time. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge if we get there. I'd love to see it. Yeah, same. Uh, not well, not, loss, well, not the, yeah, but, but getting to, there. To get there. Uh, live one, good morning. Who do we got? Good morning. It's Artie Ho. Ar- <laughs> you survived Las Vegas, Artie Ho. <laughs> it was barely. <laughs> How you feeling? You still got that extended hangover? Oh, yeah. I could use a nap. <laughs> when did you get back? Uh, Sunday night, about 10 o'clock. Uh, did, I, were you able to watch the Packers on the plane at all or anything? Or? We, we did. We ah, did. There you it go. That awesome. boy. That they, boy. they need to do the same thing first quarter, get the ball and not let the San Francisco 49ers get on the field. I agree with you, Artie. I think most times in like a normal division or, you know, normal standard NFL game, who cares defer? But I think with yep. some of these certain matchups, if you're the Green Bay Packers, you can't get behind Dallas. You can't get behind San Francisco. No, and you saw Dallas. You saw showing like Dak Prescott guys on the bench. You could just see it was just killing them if they couldn't get going. And if you're that ab dump to start a game, and it takes you an extra, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it felt like, before you even get in. I think that messes with you a little bit. Yeah. Already, how Either we feel? The Cowboys suck. How we f- <laughs> <laughs> that could be. How we feeling, though, Artie? You, you, you nervous? Obviously, you're nervous. But you got a good feeling, a bad feeling for Sunday, or what? Uh, you know what? I've got a good feeling. i got to tell you, they would not let me put $100 out. What, were you too uh, inebriated, or? Well, it... <laughs> It could have been that it was nine o'clock in the morning and I was smoked, but uh, they they did let me put ten dollars down. They would let you put a hundo down? No, they would not let me put a hundred down. Is Vegas so like down- is Vegas trying to spend their own money then to building hotels out there or what? What's yeah, up with that? Well, I was think I was thinking about it. Probably what I should have done, but I, I should have tried later on when I was sober. The next, well, hold on, that's right now. Um, <laughs> I I, I should have tried later, but no, she's like no. You, I'll let you put a maximum of ten dollars. I'm like, yeah, then let's put ten dollars. She figured that you were on your last probably hundo spot, your last Maybe. Benjamin, and she's like, I'm gonna, you're your own worst enemy right now, and I'm gonna save you from yourself. Well, clearly, I, she didn't see me as George Clit. <laughs> Whoops, sorry, George Clooney or Brad Pitt. Well, I think I the biggest problem is she so probably sorry. came walking George into Clinton? her. <laughs> into her shift early it was probably like 5 30 in the morning and she saw you conversing with some of the less fortunate outside and thought maybe you were one of them yeah the leopard print girls <laughs> might have been the 22 ounce beer i had in my hand <laughs> <laughs> sir sir you're too drunk for us to take your money <laughs> yeah i think it was so i got 900 something coming and then i got another bet on them uh that gives me 360 so that's like 1200 how, did you clean up in Vegas though? I saw you uh, hit a nice little slot machine. Yeah, yeah, I did that. I did really smart thing. I got, I won some money, and then I decided, oh, let's drink some more tequila. Then the tequila tells you, ah, just keep spending it. It's yeah. gonna come back. You gotta let it ride. You gotta let it ride. Right? Yeah. So you know what got you know what got me you know what got me at yeah. Vegas was I won I won about like seven or eight hundred dollars on uh, one of the hot stuff slot machines, and then I'm like all right I'm gonna pocket this I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it home with me. But then I started drinking at the airport in Las Vegas, and you know what I did? Yeah. Those freaking slot machines get you at the airport because you're like ah maybe just maybe I can hit it before I get on the plane, and then I ended up coming home yeah. with like three hundred dollars. 
There's always one story, right? Somebody got rich before they left Vegas. I know. I read a story. There was once a lady at the airport won, won like a huge jackpot on one of those slot machines. Like, well, why not me? Why can't it be me too? And then they took my money. <laughs> yeah, my problem is I win it. Like keep saying, you know what? I'm due for a big jackpot. I'm gonna go try and play the higher level slots with my winning. <laughs> yeah. I lose my winnings, and I'm back down to. Begging for pennies. I'm going to ask our, our, our gambling expert over here, Rowdy. Rowdy, does the do theory ever really work out? Like, you're due to win something? No, especially <laughs> not on slots. <laughs> I'm due. I'm due. <laughs> well, already, I'm glad you survived, man. I'm glad you're back. I can't wait to. We did. I can't. I want to go down there with you. You know, we, we got to do yeah. something with you down there. Tell you what, Vegas is always a great time, no matter what. It just takes you about a week to recover. Yeah. Well, welcome back to they reality. Financially, <laughs> socially, yeah. uh, sleep deprived, all that stuff. But we'll be all good. Yeah, you're a you're a vet already. You'll bounce back, baby. We love you. All right. Love you too. Go pack, go. See you, buddy. He'll bounce back. Line two. Good morning, Corey. That's me. Hey, well, buddy, boy, really Corey and Marshall. What's up, brother? That's a tough call or a foul because already all has the best stories and the best life experiences. <laughs> and uh, I think it's shared over these airwaves particularly his Vegas stories. So I'm surprised they wouldn't let him bet more money. That's got to be the first time. Do they do that if you're, like you said, if you're a little too... I don't know. Or or I guess I guess so, wherever he was. That's that's shocking to me. I'm not a gambling professional. You'd have to ask. Maybe you got to ask Dave Essler about that on Friday, Rowdy, because that's a curious one to me, that they would not let you bet a certain amount. Or, or they weren't too... Uh, keen on giving away their money possibly they knew that, that, that bet was, maybe uh, they, they maybe they knew the NFL script they got it in advance and they said that the, the Packers are going to win it all and they didn't want to get fleeced by Artie Ho it's a distinct possibility so you mentioned the 49ers don't really have much on the injury report evil I'm wondering Rowdy did you see whether Trent Williams was going to be playing at left tackle at all this week then is that like a for sure yeah thing? I went I went up and down their injury report and uh, He's not even listed on it. All the guys that are listed on their last injury report are all guys that have been playing that have just kind of been beat up, but it's all, you know, limited in practice. But there's no one that you would imagine is going to be out. Okay. They even, they even designated one of their safeties in George Oden, uh, Oden back from um, injured reserve. So. Well, then they got the full board going, and the Packers are kind of limping out a little bit. It was a little discouraging, actually. <laughs> You'll laugh, maybe, but saying that A.J. Dillon might play because LaFleur, every time he gets A.J. Dillon out there, it's like he feels like he's got to include him like he's one of the kids on, you know, Little League. And everybody's <laughs> got to get a chance to play. You know, we all know Aaron Jones is really the guy that should be playing the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he tends to start getting, um, you know, predisposed to using him more than he really should. So, well, I look at it this way again. You know, we chatted about this yesterday, but the last really competitive game they played is when they played the Ravens, I feel, and that was on Christmas night. That was a long time ago, right? Yep. Brock Purdy threw four picks that night, as I recall. And now the Baltimore defense, they're pretty good. But Brock Purdy isn't like, the second coming of Johnny United quite yet, you'd say, or, or Joe Montana. I think um, if we're smart, or if Joe Barry is smart, which is always a question that's hanging out there, I'm hoping he's studying that video to see kind of how Baltimore tricked him into throwing all those interceptions because he's obviously got some tendencies that you could exploit. But it's kind of almost that old-timey, you know, the saying that basically – once you get some video going, you can start picking out what you need to force them to try doing that they're in control with. Mm-hmm. Uh, both more, again, obviously much better at doing that than the backers are going to be because they just have better players on defense. But if you could exploit that, we'll see what happens. Because yeah. Christian McCaffrey gives me nightmares against this run defense, and I know that that's like a big insult to Vegabon, but let's be honest here. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league right Yeah, now. he's good. Easily. And, um, yeah, well, I'll let you guys get going. It sounds like you got to hit a break here. You demand core. We love you, brother. Have a good day. See you, Bye. I don't know. I think if I, early in the week, I think if I had to say the Packers can do two things well, they'll have a better shot at 
at covering and winning this game. A, stop the run. Packers were the fifth worst team in the NFL when it came to doing that. And B, get pressure on Brock Purdy because Purdy plays on time really, really well. And uh, that's just going to be even easier for him to play on time in that West Coast offense. Excited for this one right here, as I always am. I uh, went to his office yesterday, saw him bright and early, and I was like, I got to get this guy on. Uh, our Jason Statham lookalike himself, sports director Zach Heilprin. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. How's it going? <laughs> Fantastic. There we go. There we go. Zach, <laughs> Wisconsin basketball, 11th in the nation now. How are they not top 10? I feel like even if Marquette loses, they still go up. I haven't looked at the where Marquette was. I'm sure they fell, but Kentucky lost to Texas A&M and fell two spots. Texas A&M not ranked. I don't. How? Yeah, you look at some of the the losses that Wisconsin has had this year. At Tennessee's top ten, you have Arizona who's top ten, and then Providence who was playing pretty decent basketball until one of their better players tore his ACL. Yeah, I mean, they've won six in a row. They've only lost one game since uh, November. So, yeah, not great. Not great, but who cares, I guess. It doesn't really matter. They are 5-0 in the Big Ten and got, what, a two-game lead in the loss column? Yep. Pretty good start for them uh, the conference season. Zach, no matter when, where they're ranked. When was the last time Wisconsin started 5-0 um, and in the Big Ten? I guess they were going for 6-0 and tonight. 16 years ago, wow. 2007, 2007, 2008, they ended up starting that year 6-0, and uh, they went on and won the Big Ten regular season title. They won the Big Ten tournament title, made it to the Sweet 16, and then Steph Curry happened. Hey. Um, yeah. And then also uh, a lot of uh, missed shots by Wisconsin that night. So, yeah, it was. It, it's been a while. been a while. So uh, this Badgers team um, – on Saturday when they last played, obviously. They got a nice little win uh, there over Northwestern. Um, Max Klesman, uh, is he kind of coming into his own now? Zachy, what's going on with Klesman? Here's the thing. I th- they, they needed him to come in and do what he's done. I mean, they, they were struggling, struggling against Ohio State, 56-52. Then he goes on a – I think it was – I think Tyler Wall had a couple free throws, and then he, uh, he went on a 10-0 run, Max Klesman did, to – put that game away 18 points in the second half hit some hit some threes I mean, he was shooting like around 30 percent from three mm. it was not very good it was much better last year and now he's hit eight of his last 10 you know going five of seven on saturday was huge I, you're not going to consistently get that from him but it's nice that he's got that in his his bag right like when some other things are not happening when other guys aren't hitting shots you can have a guy like that step in and, and step up i mean he was a he averaged like 15 a game at Wofford before coming over, so it's not like he hasn't been able to score like this. He's just at a different level, and um, he's still, most importantly, on the defensive end, but his offense the last two games has been huge. I don't know. I don't think they, obviously, I don't think they win those games if he's not playing the way he did. Well, again, that's like the credit to this Badgers team, right? When uh, the, the depth, yeah? Because uh, if yeah. you have uh, someone struggling, all of a sudden you got depth and people could come in and, and, and do it, like, a, I guess, a Max Klesman. I mean, he was huge, 24 points. And did uh, he get over 1,000 points now in his career for Wisconsin? He, well, not for Wisconsin, for his career. For his career, excuse me. Yeah, for his career between Wofford and Wisconsin, he's over 1,000. The thing about him stepping up is, you know, it happened at the same time that Stephen Crow went down. And I know he played through this, but he's obviously not 100%. Yeah. And to have Max step up at the exact moment that somebody else got hurt and maybe wasn't playing at the level that they're used to and the level that Wisconsin needs him to was huge. Because last year that didn't happen. Tyler Wall went down. They lost three straight games. Uh, Max Max uh, got, got dinged up, and they lost two games that he missed. So there are, game, there are moments to step up, and then there are moments to step up, and this was the second. So um, Penn State tonight in Happy Valley. What's the skinny on Penn State coming in here? Uh, third, what th- third to last uh, in the Big Ten, yeah. two and four, eight and nine overall. What's the skinny here on the Nittany Lions? Always a weird place to play, right? Um, you don't expect it to be very loud. Um, Michael Shrewsbury, the guy who's now at Penn State, had turned them around. They had pretty good the past couple of years. He's gone now. They have some 
some transfers in there. They're led by a guard named Kane Cleary. He's averaging about 18 points a game. They have some transfers. Um, Baldwin, their point guards from VCU. So it's a, it is a different team than certainly the one that Wisconsin has faced in the past. A lot of guys hit the portal. Um, but it's Penn State and going to Penn State, you just never feel comfortable. I don't, when you go on the road in the Big Ten, I don't care where you're going, just win. Like it doesn't matter how you win, just, just find a way to win and just win, baby. Uh, if, yeah, if Wisconsin can, can do that, maybe, uh, you know, get to six and oh, they, they just put themselves in a really, really, really good spot if they can get this win tonight and, and open the season 6-0 and you're up two games clear in both the win column and the loss column. It's been very impressive. Very impressive indeed. Zach, speaking of uh, impressive, switch gears on you. How about them Green Bay Packers, baby? Oh, I yeah. love them. How about them Packers? Oof. How are you feeling about this Niners matchup coming up here? Not great, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody else, how many belts feels, but it just feels like Kyle Shanahan kind of has Matt LaFleur's number. I know that they went out there, what was that, the 21 season and beat him. I think it was 30 28. You got the late field goal from Mason Crosby. Uh, but other than that, it just feels like they own them in the postseason. They've won the last four games. And I know that who cares what <laughs> Colin Kaepernick did over a decade ago, but it's, it's, it's still like kind of in your psyche, right? Like it's kind of just hanging there. Like whenever they match up in the playoffs, it doesn't go the way you wanted to for green Bay. So, but again, the way green Bay's playing, the way the offense is playing, I think that they're going to at least give them a game. Like this isn't, this isn't going to be the NFC championship game a couple of years ago. Like that, I don't think this game is going to be bad. I think was, I think green Bay's offense is going to put up some points. It's just, can the defense show up like they did against Dallas and create turnovers and make the quarterback look horrible for uh three and a half quarters. If they do that, then, they definitely can win this game, but I'm not positive they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, you mentioned the Shanahan Lafleur battle, and it, it definitely feels one sided. Shanahan's three and two against Matt Lafleur, but if you uh, if you take away backup quarterbacks, I mean, he's only lost once to Lafleur. So I mean, he ha- and when yeah, he I mean, wins, that, he wins that, pretty handedly. I mean, that game in 2020, who was the quarterback that night for them? Nick Mullins. Ew. I mean, yeah. Bad. Ugh. It was. It was really. Yeah. It was bad. It was. They were missing guys all over the place, and Green Bay's offense is rolling. So, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't put a ton of stock in that, but it's more of what they've done in the playoffs against them, and that uh, certainly stands out. Now, Zach, many had said that outside of winning a Super Bowl, this man's job isn't safe. But what if Joe Barry and the Barry Boys are able to, you know, quiet that Niners offense? Could Joe Barry potentially save his job there in Santa Clara? Again, Matt Lafleur certainly seems that he uh, he certainly seems to like him. Um, and what the last what so the we'll last see. three weeks? Yeah, we'll see. Last four, last three weeks? Yeah, we'll see. No, Zach. Um, yeah, sorry. Do you think he should? Do you think he should keep his job? I think he should keep his job if there is nobody hmm. that is uh, a better option out there. That's a loaded. But if there's a- if there's a better option. It's a loaded question. He's gone. It's a loaded question, Zach. Zach, okay. you spent a lot of time with this individual. You guys did a couple shows together. Uh, I think you're in contact uh, with him more than any of us here uh, at The Zone. How do you think Ben Kenny's doing today after the Eagles? <laughs> Lost to the Buccaneers. Well, him and Grant are pretty close, but uh, I uh, I tend to reach out when things are going horrible for him, <laughs> and so... Uh, <laughs> I imagine they're going horrible for him. However, I, I think there's also kind of like a when you play that poorly and you look that bad and you did what happened this year, you also kind of get like a little bit of a, a jolt because there's a possibility you're going to get a new coach. And if you really hate your coach and it appears that he really does not like Mr. Sirianni, then things, you know, maybe maybe you have to go backwards to go forwards. And so mm-hmm. probably uh, if they end up firing him, he's probably doing all right. If they end up keeping him, it's one of one of Tougher days, tougher days of the year for him. But look, that dude has had so much success with his teams. I mean, they don't win, they don't win titles, but they they do so well until they get to that yeah. that title uh, that, that title stuff. But yeah, tough tough day for Ben Kenny. It's too bad. I'm gonna too call bad. him. I'm gonna call him later on the show to do a wellness check. Sure. I'm gonna call him a little later. Okay. <laughs> that's that's very nice of you. That's uh, for boss checking in. When's the last time we called him, Rowdy? Was that when the Phillies? I don't know, but he didn't pick up. Yeah, he didn't pick. He called me after the show. Oh, sleeping. 
So we'll, we'll, we'll try to do a wellness check on him. Zach, I got to say this, though. That. You are simply the best, the best around. I love you more than uh, I love breathing air, Zach. So thanks for joining Ooh. us today on this freezing, frigid Tuesday, my brother. No problem. Love you guys. Hey, we'll check you out. Uh, you know, you got the swing, you got a temple in High Friend live at Monks of Stone Prairie from 6 to 7 on Thursdays. Just, we need more Zach in our life, and I'm glad we got it today. We love you, Zach. All right, guys. Later. See you, buddy. For you, Zach. For you, buddy. Better than all the rest. So we got a, an interesting phone call yesterday around 6.15, 6.20. Great listener of the show. Great guy. Pete from, Pete from Monona had called in. And uh, Pete was talking about Matt LaFleur. Uh, do you remember the, not the exact of it, Rowdy, but essentially the he people that wanted them fired? And- yeah, if the Cowboys would have stopped the Packers, that essentially a lot of the fans would have wanted Lafleur fired and Joe Barry fired and Jor- uh, Jordan Love wasn't very good and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's if the Packers were to have lost to the Dallas because Cowboys. Because he, cl- he believes... That they weren't playing on house money and that... Uh, There's no such thing as that. Yeah. Had they have lost, fans would have wanted Matt LaFleur. They would have called Love Terrible. Yeah, Matt LaFire, yada, yada, yada. Um, I had got to just respect it because I was thinking about it after uh, you know the show yesterday. And I just I got to respectively uh, disagree with Pete from Nona. If the Packers would have lost to the Cowboys... I think the the major sentiment of Packer fans would have been obviously Joe Barry needs to go, but it would have been a very successful season, and that they would have been happy with what had unfolded um, through the whole body of work. Obviously, it would have been disappointed if he lost to the Cowboys; didn't happen. But I think majority of Packer fans would have been like, "Wow, what a uh, what a turnaround for a two and five Packer team!" You saw growth from Jordan Love. You saw this Matt LaFleur offense finally getting it together and working, and people would have been excited about the future and said, I can't wait to run it back with LaFleur and Jordan Love. Right? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I think the majority of the fan base would have said they liked what they saw out of Jordan Love moving forward, liked what they saw out of some of the other younger pieces. Like, they have pieces. I think they would have mentioned that, you know, Matt LaFleur – in the positives on Matt LaFleur, they would have mentioned the, you know, helping of the maturing process of Jordan Love, the the growth of Jordan Love. I think the only thing that would have been a collective agreement out of the majority of, of Packer fans would have been that, especially if the Cowboys would have blown the Packers out or beat them up pretty good, put up a ton of points. They kind of did, but it was all garbage time. Yeah. Would have been. Fire Joe Barry. I think that that would have been the collective agreement was fire Joe Barry, new defensive coordinator. I think everything else would have been more or less along the lines of they saw positive things yeah. or positive things you can hold on to going into next season on why you should feel, uh, you know, why you should feel excited for the potential of next year. Yeah. Now, when the Packers were two and five, everyone was pissed at LaFleur. People were wondering, is Jordan love the guy? But as the season progressed, you're like, okay, Jordan Love looking like he is that dude. Matt LaFleur called him a real a real guy, a real dude after the game on Sunday against the Cowboys. And, you know, um, I mean, I had my questions about LaFleur and Jordan Love early on. Uh, I think a lot of those were answered, though, especially with the emergence of all these, you know, receivers that Jordan Love's been able to hit. I think you were insane if you said from the beginning of the season that Jordan Love sucked. I would also say to the same, of the opposite end of the spectrum, if you thought Jordan Love was so great in the first couple of weeks of the season, I just, I, I think you were watching it with green and gold glasses. If you said he was horrible, you were watching him with just hater shades. You got your hater shades on. Like I, I really do think those first, what was it, probably four or five games where the Packers were two and two, two and three, Jordan Love played decent. And then that's when the offense was really in a nose, went into a nose spin. Because remember, Packers started the year in a lot of those close games where they found a way to win against the Saints, found a way to lose against the, the Falcons. You were seeing some things that you liked out of Jordan Love. Other things were kind of, eh, I don't know. The offensive line was a little in flux. But then you had that that nosedive where 
they they went two and seven to to start for the first seven games. But remember, it was two and two, two and three. Mm-hmm. So you just had that really brutal five game losing streak where nothing nothing really looked good. Yeah. And I, and there 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 was reason to question Lafleur. His offense looked horrible. It was terrible. Jordan Love looked horrible. The offensive line in a couple of those games looked horrible. Like nothing about the offense looked good. And and you rightfully so were saying, what the hell is going on? Why does this look so bad? Why are you crying at halftime? Why does it look like you have no answers? Yeah. No, but then that's the other thing that you have to say. I am pleasantly surprised with what I've seen from Matt LaFleur the second half of the season. Same, hands down. I still question some of his true leadership with, you know, getting guys to run through brick walls for you like a Dan Campbell. I still question that for sure. Yeah. But I don't think there is a question with the fact that when he talks about his offense and his scheme, it is solid. And once he got all the young guys on the same page and they, they realize that some of these guys are actually players and they can open it up a little bit, and they're healthy. I think it has worked pretty well. So I do give him a lot of credit there. Because you easily, at certain points of the year, could have been criticized. Totally. So, what say you, Packer fans? Let's go to phones. Line one. Hello. What up, boys? Mitch and Madison. My guy, Mitch. What's happening, brother? <laughs> Rowdy, the, the uh, why are you crying at halftime at me rolling? As a former, a reformed Jordan Love hater, uh, because I'm not a cheesehead, if, if I'm wrong... Um, about something I can I can hey, you know Mitch, admit that and we move on. As you gather more information as things progress, you are allowed to change your opinion. Exactly. What here's the most inexplicable thing to me. It's like he became accurate overnight. Because my biggest problem with him wasn't his reads, wasn't his arm strength or anything. It was the fact that like he couldn't hit a guy on a seven yard crossing route or like a 10 yard out like he was way off and then all of a sudden that all came together and yeah it's just crazy that that happened and then in terms of the defense like here's the problem even if you know say they beat the Niners or go really far or whatever the problem with Joe Barry is the scheme in general, because it's like when he puts the pressure on, so it's been proven now, basically, it's not the personnel. Because I think there were some questions, well, is it Joe Barry's scheme or is it the personnel? It's like when they're aggressive, they're the best, one of the best in the league. Um, so I don't, you know, this might be a pipe dream. Here's two two things that would be nice to have happen. Um, you know, him and Vrabel are friends, you know, working colleagues. You could bring in Vrabel as a defensive coordinator and assistant head coach, <sighs> where it would just be like in name only, but it would give him more money. So, you know, because you're going from head coach to back to coordinator, not a lot of guys want to do that. But if you bring him in, former player, as an assistant head coach, he might do that. And then secondly, um, if they're not going to bring A.J. Dillon back, I think you could get, maybe you'd have to pay an extra year, but you could get him for maybe five, six million a year, and then again pay him one extra guaranteed year. Could you imagine Derrick Henry uh, <laughs> combined with Aaron Jones and try to tackle both those guys in the winter? Little thunder uh, and that lightning. That could be something. Yeah, that could be something because I don't think he's gonna. I mean, he obviously can still play, but I don't know. You know, maybe somebody will give him a two-year deal if the Packers have a little bit of extra money and give him a guaranteed three or guaranteed four-year deal. Um, that might be something that they can pull off. Uh, you know, for next year, uh, the only, my only criticism there, and I, this is just after I uh, <laughs> gave a job well done to Matt LaFleur. Just, just remember in Tennessee when he had Derek Henry and he had Dion Lewis and he was splitting carries with them. Somehow they could have Derek Henry for a season and Jones for a season next year. And Patrick Taylor would wind up with 10 carries a game. <laughs> right. Oh, and that Emmanuel, man, I, I don't know. Uh, in my text group that we have, uh, Emmanuel Wilson, he's got to tuck that ball in, man. I thought he was going to fumble a couple different times when he's running the ball. Hey, Mitch. Yes, sir. I saw the picture of you and the fam at the Badger basketball game on Saturday. Looking good, brother. Looking good. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, man. It was their first game they ever went to. They loved it. They were like, 
uh, we got the pretzel with cheese, and Merrick turned to me and he goes, "This is the best cheese I've ever had." So I told him, you know, it's like the the nacho cheese at the basketball game hits different. You know, it, what it I does. Mean? It does. Mitch, we love you, man. Nice hearing from you. Yes, sir. See you, buddy. Uh, line two. Good morning. Hey guys, this is Mitch in Madison Light. Oh, Mitch in Madison Light. How's it going? Good. So I've come around a little bit on Jordan Love. I wasn't a Jordan Love hater, but I wasn't a Jordan Love liker either. Oh, Chris. Hey, Chris. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> so, Are you coming um, around then? Yeah, you called in Friday, and you're like a little a little hesitant. You're coming around. Yeah, I, and yeah, um, always bet against me. I had uh, Dallas 35, Packers 10. That's and, fine. Uh, That's fine. You're just doing a little did, reverse psychology. That didn't age well. We we don't so, we, we, uh, we don't hold you to it, Chris. It's all good. Uh, okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I I got a little trivia here for you. Yeah. So objectively, statistically, who had the better game, C.J. Stroud or Jordan Love? God, I think they had like the, almost exact numbers. I think it was so uh, Stroud. Yes, so they have the same number of attempts. They have the same number of completions. They have the same number of touchdowns. They had the same passer rating, and Stroud had two more yards. Ah, that's what it was. I felt like it was a trick question. Like, they would have been the same, because I vaguely remember they had, like, almost the exact stats. Yep. And uh, I feel bad for my son. My daughter and I watched the game together. My wife was wondering why we were screaming so much, and she kept on coming to the living room and, asking why it was so loud in the house. Uh, <laughs> but my son missed the Packer game because he was at the Bucks game against Sacramento. Well, he saw an awesome game winner then from Damian Lillard. He, yeah, I know. And he said they were chanting, go Pack, go during the game, and they were going nuts for the Packers. So he got a uh, uh, a special day. That's awesome. Well, that's a good all-around family event then from the Bucks to the Packers. Love it. And your yeah. wife shoveled, if I remember correctly. So even you didn't have to shovel. Yeah, yeah, she always shoveled. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I have an addendum that I forgot for the the Bills trivia, or not the Bills, but the uh, Patriots trivia mm-hmm. question from last week. So it was about the head coaching wins. Yeah. And uh, so here's another head coaching question. Who, ha- who is the head coach of both the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers? I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't I don't have know. this one either. Okay. Bill Bingston. I wouldn't have got it. Wouldn't have got it. You got us, Chris. You got us. Okay. Hey, nice okay. hearing from you, Mitch, Mitch Light. <laughs> Mitch and Madison Light. Yeah. Let's see you, Chris. <laughs> by he, the way, he Mark, stumped us. By the way, mark it down. Chris's son, he knew the Bucks game was going on Sunday. Yeah. Remember, because I asked the question yeah, Monday yeah. morning. Oh, yeah. I came back. Did anyone know? Because. We had a little update where it was like, oh, the Bucks win, blah, blah, blah. Big shot by Damian Lillard. All right, let's be honest. Who knew that they were actually playing? Mark it down. That's one person. Chris's son. Chris's son. Smart coach. Who was in attendance. Smart guy. Uh, line three, good morning. Uh, good morning. This is Pipeline from the North Cone. Hey, Troy. What's up, man? Hey, trying to get off of uh, Victory Monday and getting ready for Badger Tuesday, you know. Hopefully they made it there out east and uh, we, we can play some good basketball tonight. About but, to go 6-0 and um, in the Big Ten, baby. Yep, one game at a time, 6-0. and uh, it, last, Yesterday's show and some part of today, what I really have enjoyed is listening to Packer fans try to give us all their correct information on this and that, and I think – uh, so one part of the Packers team, and it, it involves mostly the offense, is what we talk about when we when we're winning and Jordan Love this and that. I think the offensive line has really come around and done such a tremendous job at coming together. Um, I don't think they get enough credit. Um, also, those wide receivers are just—they're not playing like one-year, two-year guys. They're just—they're going over the middle, twenty or twenty-five five yards, making the catch. Yeah. It, it's just all coming together that it's it's it wasn't there early on. And then another thing that's huge is no turnovers or very few turnovers. Um, you could just see that with Dak Prescott. You know, the turnovers he had it just blew up in his face. But yesterday, I was having a real tough time not calling uh, Sasquatch Mike, I think his name is. 
Man, that guy was on, he was on such a cloud night. Oh, we're going to San Francisco and we're going to knock him down and we're going to win him. And I was like, holy cow, it's only Monday, my friend. Come on, relax a little bit. And, and then if you, you don't remember what I do, but then he had back-to-back calls with Sasquatch Mike and then Vagabond Johnny and the old Joe Barry deal. And uh, I'm, I'm sticking to the, I'm sticking to the, to the line. Joe Barry's gone. Um, you know, Vagabond Johnny's got these these stats about this and that. What about giving up? Was it like thirty points to Carolina? Did you forget that one? But uh, anyways, the offense needs the defense and vice versa. And I don't know. I I got to sleep on those guys yesterday a little bit. I'm not trying to stir the pot up a little bit. I love the I love the pot stirring. I love it. Troy, it was just funny. So to kind of tie your point and Mitch and Madison's together, I, I think when we saw Jordan Love was. A little inaccurate when it was at the beginning of the year. It was because the offensive line was a little in flux. That was when they had Bakhtiari going down. They had Elton Jenkins missing because yeah. of his knee. And you were throwing a seventh-round draft pick and Rasheed Walker out there. You you had to kind of jumble. And he didn't look confident, but he also was under pressure. So I think it was the fact that the line was more solidified the second half of the season and he became a little more confident in the pocket, which is yep. what helped with that transformation. Their, their offensive line, remember that the first Detroit game, how embarrassing Brutal. it was to terrible. watch them. They were just terrible. Smoked, it it, it led me to drink made. moonshine on uh, oh, Oktoberfest. <laughs> I hear you. Well, you guys have a good day. I'm sure it'll be a rebuttal from other callers, but that's uh, that's the life of the over the line. So We love it, Troy. We love you too, buddy. Night. We love you, Troy. Talk to you later, guys. See you, bud.